Hi everyone, welcome to Elevate the Day. My name is Jennifer Cavello and I'll be your host for this weekly podcast where I share my walk with God, the lessons he's teaching me, and how my life has been transformed because of my personal relationship with him through his son Jesus. We're in season two of Elevate the Day and the theme is Beauty for Ashes. What does that mean? Well, you'll have to tune in to find out. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to Elevate the Day. I'm just about to wrap up season two, Beauty for Ashes, and I hope that you have been blessed by the messages that I've shared, along with my guests who have been so gracious in telling their stories. If you missed any of the shows, I encourage you to head over to my website, jennifercavello.com, and catch up. Before we get started with today's episode, let's open up in prayer. Father God, we are so grateful to you for this day and for your never-ending mercies, grace, and love. We know that it is your desire that everyone experience their own beauty for ashes transformation and that they can then share their testimony of your faithfulness. I ask, dear Lord, that you provide revelation to everyone listening today of your unconditional love. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I'm going to read an excerpt from my book, Finding God, Finding Me. It's one of the many Beauty for Ashes stories that I share in the book, and I hope that it'll bless you. I'm also going to unpack this particular season of my life and talk about the three things that I did right, even though I didn't know why I was doing them. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. In March of 2016, my focus was redirected to the first of three wake-up calls I'd received to test out my newly changed mindset. A routine mammogram turned out to be not so routine when I was called back for a retest. A small mass on my left breast was found and further testing was needed. After a series of new pictures, I sat in the waiting room thumbing through the tabloids. Just as I was about to find out J. Lo's beauty secrets, the nurse called my name. I walked to a dimly lit room, nicely arranged with three chairs. A doctor walks in and closes the door. Calcifications, cluster in a small group, most of the time benign, best to catch it early. Biopsy. Uh, what? I could feel myself saying, take another picture. I'll stand still this time, I promise. The word cancer never entered my vocabulary. I immediately went to my trusty left brain and began the rapid fire questioning of the doctor. Why did I get this? I don't have that Angelina Jolie thingy. If it's so small, can't you just take it out when you do the biopsy? As I made the appointment for the biopsy, I realized that this was no mistake. It was not a blurry mammogram, and it could very well be real, and I needed to take this seriously. Driving home afterwards, my mind was a whirlwind. There was a part of me that just felt like it wasn't true. Not that they had made a mistake, but rather that it was not cancer and everything would be okay. 
Then another part of me remembered friends and family who had cancer and the trials they went through. Could I handle that? What about my kids? Tons of what if scenarios went in and out of my brain as I put in for a sick day for the next day's biopsy. Other than not taking any aspirin, there was no formal preparation for the test. I was grateful for this as I didn't think I could face a night of fasting or drinking ungodly liquids to cleanse my system. I did, however, have a glass of wine that evening for good measure. Okay, fine, maybe more than one. While I did talk to my sister about what the doctor said, I decided not to share the news with my friends. If nothing else, I knew that talking about how bad the situation might be would not serve me. It would only cause me more worry and doubt. While I wasn't going to be all Pollyanna about it, I was not going to fill my mind with the potential negative outcomes. As I lay in bed that evening, I prayed. I prayed that this would turn out to be nothing. I prayed that if it was something, that I'd be given the strength and wisdom to deal with it. I thanked God for everything I could think of and asked simply to have a good night's sleep so that I would be able to handle the challenges of the following day. It was Holy Thursday. I sat in the waiting room reading the devotional I had brought with me. I focused on the words I knew to be true in my book. I was surprisingly relaxed as I heard my name called. The doctor had the mammogram pictures on the computer for me to view. As I looked at them, I saw how small this mass actually was. Surely it could be completely removed during the procedure. I made the request again. I'll try, but can't promise, he said. Well, it's Holy Thursday, I said, so I'm going to think positive. I'll skip the details of the biopsy, but let's just say it was unlike any other experience I've ever had or want to repeat. A little over an hour later, and it was done. When the doctor returned to the room after reviewing the sample, he told me I was able to get it all. My heart skipped a beat. I was already seeing the faithfulness of God and an answer to my prayers. I was walked back to the room with the post biopsy instructions and the doctor's initial analysis. At first glance, and I can't make any guarantees until we get the lab results on Monday, it doesn't have the characteristics of a malignancy, said the doctor. My heart skipped another beat. I asked if there was any chance the results could come in earlier. Not likely, he said. Wow. Not only was he able to take out the entire mass during a minor biopsy procedure, but it was already looking like a non-event. As I processed this information, I sent up an enthusiastic prayer of thanks to heaven. I firmly believed that God had my back and that the results would be completely negative. Even though I didn't get the sense that anyone in the doctor's office was an Easter celebrating crowd, I wished everyone a happy Easter and headed home. A few Tylenols and takeout for dinner got me through the rest of that day. It was Good Friday when I awoke. Having previously taken the day off, I slept in, and I was able to go about my day with ease since I really wasn't in all that much pain. Other than a couple of errands with my daughter, the day went by uneventfully until 4.45 p.m. 
My cell phone buzzed a couple of times, but I let it go to voicemail as my daughter and I were having an interesting conversation. At a pause in the dialogue, I decided to check the missed call and the accompanying voicemail. It was the radiology center instructing me to call back as soon as possible as they were closing at five o'clock. I took a deep breath, said a short prayer aloud, and hit the call back button on my phone. The nurse responded, the tests are negative. The doctor wanted me to tell you, happy Easter. See you next year. With tears streaming down my face, I choked out a return wish. In that moment, I knew, I knew I had been given a gift. I walked away from this entire three-day ordeal with a bruise and a Band-Aid. In short, a miracle. While there certainly was a fair amount of trepidation during those first few days, I couldn't help but think that this whole breast cancer thing just didn't fit the picture in my head. It just didn't seem like this was a chapter in my life's journey. I also didn't think it was a coincidence that this happened during Holy Week, a period of time that is the crux of the Christian faith, where the Son of God is put to death on a cross to rise again to new life, a miracle. In three days, I went from my own cross to a miracle. And on that third day, a rebirth, a confirmation of a promise that all is well in my life, that fervent prayers uttered in faith will be answered, that trust and faith in God is non-negotiable for me, and that God's love will be with me all the days of my life. Okay, so let's unpack this Ashes story a little bit to see what were the three things I did that got me through it. Number one, I didn't talk about the situation to every human being alive. I didn't share it on social media. I didn't call up every one of my friends. I knew that I had to speak life and not complain or whine or why me the whole thing. As it says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse three, and I read, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Also, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. At the time, I didn't know how important it was for me to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> a lot of times we elongate our ashes seasons because we're complaining and whining and asking God, why me, why me? Here's a tip. When you complain, you remain. So stop complaining. The second thing I did was to read and speak God's word, the truth so that there would be better words in my mouth. A new song, as it says in Psalm 40, verse 3. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. I didn't mutter some wishy-washy positive self-talk. I spoke the word of God, which is unchanging and infallible. 
When we speak God's word in faith, we are declaring his promises over our lives. And the third thing I did was give thanks and praise God for his faithfulness in transforming what could have been a really tricky situation into one in which his glory would shine through. Psalm 30 verse 11 says this perfectly. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Here's the thing. I was not in Bible college during this time. I was not attending a regular Bible study. I wasn't even going to church regularly. My faith was not as strong as it is now. This happened four years ago, and I'm not going to lie. I was a bit of a hot mess then. But there were some basic truths that I did know. I knew that God loved and loves me today. I knew that God's word had and has the power to heal. And I knew that God's desire was and is for me to be healed and whole. That's all I had to bank on, but it was more than enough. You know, many people think they have to get themselves all cleaned up, figured out before they can approach God. This could not be further from the truth. God knows you're a hot mess. He doesn't care. <laughs> he loves you. He's waiting for you to take your hot mess of a life to him and put it in his more than capable hands. Just like it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Here's the thing, though. If you're not a good delegator, this concept might be kind of tough to grasp. What? Wait a minute. Let someone else take care of me? Let someone else fix this stuff? Oh, and that someone just happens to be someone I can't see? Hmm. For those people who like control, this might be a little hard at first. For those people who think no one else can do stuff as good as they can, this might be hard to receive. Think about a manager who won't delegate anything to his or her team because they're afraid they'll mess it up. He or she is running around like a chicken with their head cut off while their team is sitting there twiddling their thumbs saying, uh, you know we could do this for you. I get it. I get it. I was that manager in the early part of my corporate career. It's hard to ask for help because you think others will think you're weak and can't handle the work. But the opposite is actually true. When you ask for help, when you delegate, then you can focus on the things that you do best and your team can do what they do best. It's a win-win. This is what happens when we delegate or surrender our lives to God. It allows him to do what he does best, work miracles, bless us, protect us, heal us, grow closer to us. Don't forget, God is our father and he's also our friend. He doesn't want to see us hurt or sick or poor or anything negative. When we put our trust in him, he can turn any ashes situation into beauty. But our very first step is to believe, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has blessed you in some way with this message. 
Next week, I'll be closing out season two with a final message on beauty for ashes and what you can do to jumpstart your own spiritual transformation. Here are the scriptures that I mentioned today, and I would like to encourage you to jot them down and speak them every single day. You know, you believe your voice over anyone else's. So use it to declare the promises of God and then watch your mourning turn to dancing. Watch your ashes turn to beauty. Are you ready? Here they are. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 25. Psalm 40, verse 3. Psalm 30, verse 11. 1 Peter, chapter 5, verse 7. And Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6. So until next week, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have a great day, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Elevate the Day. My new book, Finding God, Finding Me, is now available on Amazon in ebook or paperback. This is a true beauty for ashes story and the transformation that God did in me. Pick up a copy today. When you visit my website, jennifercabello.com, be sure to sign up for my weekly Elevate the Day newsletter, which I send out every Sunday morning. And don't forget to follow Elevate the Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I welcome your feedback and ideas for future shows, as well as suggestions for guests. Just go to my website, that's jennifercavello.com, to email me. And be sure to tell your friends about my podcast so you can elevate their day too. God bless you and have a wonderful day.